Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. much for tuning in to another episode of Fool Count Chaos. Always appreciate it. Want to hear from you folks. Had some emails come in this week. I'm going to go over that in just a little bit. But in the meantime, if there's anything on your mind, Chaos at gmail.com. Head over to Twitter at Chaos. You can head over to the website, FoolCountChaos.com. Tune in to prior episodes. Also, if you want to subscribe, right there. There you have it. All the good shit. Also, um, I need to ask a favor from you folks. In the next couple weeks, couple months, if you have any issues listening to episodes, uh, it's not downloading correctly, you're just not seeing anything upload, whatever it is, anything out of the ordinary, please let me know. I'm heading over to a new network, moving up in the world here. And when you start changing over RSS feeds and all that good shit, sometimes things can get a little kooky. So please let me know if you have any issues with tuning in Two episodes coming up in the next couple weeks, couple months, all that stuff. Thank you. Appreciate it. Right now, the Orioles 74 and 47. Last 10 games, 5 and 5. Now, they did lose 2 out of 3 against San Diego. Uh, Grayson, my God, he just looked fantastic when the Orioles won 4 to 1. Hell yeah! But holy shit, how in the hell is the Padres, how do they have a losing record? And I'm not just saying this because they beat the Orioles. That lineup, they have good pitching. Like, what the hell? They should be scoring at least 15 runs a game with that lineup. I don't get it. Look at the Padres, even winning two out of three against the Orioles, they're still, what, 58 and 63. I don't get it. I mean, apparently, they're terrible in run- runners in scoring position. It, it just doesn't make sense. The talent, the strength that they have in that lineup. Whatever. Anyway, the Orioles are getting ready to play the A's. Everyone's saying, all right, let's hurry up and go over there and sweep them, gain some ground. <laughs> I hope. You know, you always see those teams. It's part of sports, right? Teams that you think you're just going to completely drive over, kick them in the teeth. Sometimes shit happens. But again, I want to hear what's on your mind. Fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Some emails came in. Going to go over those. A uh, lot to talk about. Uh, I, you know, it, it seems more and more people talking about how they want radar calling strikes. I mean, these arms, they, they just blow it night after night and, and the strike zone. It's not a guideline. You know, it's, it's the actual, it's a specific strike zone. But right before I started recording <laughs> Angel Hernandez, how in the flying fuck does that guy still get paid to umpire games, call balls and strikes? You jackass. All right. If you're not going to fire the guy, then, then don't let him call balls. and strikes. He's terrible. Every time He's behind the plate. He's trending on Twitter <laughs> every fucking time. He's awful. But yeah, MLB, they need to hurry up and figure out this radar shit. 90% is the average for umps accuracy this season. 90%. That's not good. Look, I, with the technology they have, and look, I'm not going to go down a rabbit hole right now on strikes and balls. I, I do it all the time. You know, how anytime I have a guest on, that's like the first thing I talk about. But the technology that they have with the apps, 
And even the live feed on TV, you see it. The little box, the pitcher throws it, boom, there's the dot. You see whether or not it's a ball or a strike. Someone just stand behind the plate. I'll do it. You know, just pay me like 300 bucks a game. I'll stand behind the plate and, oh, ball, strike. You know, I'll just watch the live feed on my phone. And then when the pitcher throws it, no, look, look right there. It's a ball. It's a strike. You know, we have everything in place with live TV, the apps that we watch. You know, we're always at games. I'm sure you do this too. You're at an Orioles game and the ump calls a ball and you're like, there's no way or vice versa. What do you do? You go up on your MLB app, you pull it up, and there it is. Nope. Ump shit the bed. He blew it. Terrible call. It's just the, the technology's there. Anyway, I'm just, it's just every night. Just feels terrible, but I didn't know it was that low. I didn't know it was 90% accuracy this season so far for the umps. That's not good. All right, moving on. That's all I wanted to do. I just was laughing because every time Angel Hernandez is trending, he's trending every like four or five days. Anytime he's behind the plate, it's great. It's, yep, there it is. There he is. It just got me laughing. All right, someone I want to give props to, and not because of his playing skills, of something that he did the other day, uh, did the opposite of what my pet peeve is. One of my top three pet peeves in sports, in baseball. I always want a player to do this. His name is Jorge Mateo. He's been in the conversation a lot lately. Unfortunately, negative talk, mostly. Now, the past couple days, he's put on a little bit of a show. He's had a good play in the outfield. And in Seattle, he made a great play running at home, running home in the ninth inning to go up. Uh, you know, he's, he's just fun to watch anytime he's on the bases. I'll give him that. When he's on the bases, he fucks with people's heads, the pitchers, at like Munoz for the Mariners. The guy balked because Jorge's dancing back and forth on second base, just screwing with him. But look, Jorge, uh, he's batting 208 with a 591 OPS. He's not the guy that any of us want up to bat when there's two outs, two on tie game. All right. So obviously, Mateo, he's still struggling at the plate. Here's what I want to give him props for. I'm going to start with what my huge pet peeve is with baseball players. And I've mentioned this before. Anytime a baseball player makes a great play, anytime a pitcher has a great game, when they're walking back to the dugout, normally the crowd will give him a standing ovation. Now, what I can't stand is I never, ever see the player acknowledge the crowd. Not a just a head nod, little smile, wink, wait, nothing. Those are your fans. And they're telling you, hey, great game, great play. We love you. Never an acknowledgement. Never. And I understand sometimes when Hyde takes out the pitcher, you know, they're pissed off. They don't want to get taken out. But the crowd still gives him a standing ovation because they had a great game. Give him a little head nod. Give him a little wave. Here's what I'm giving Mateo props on. And he was like a little kid. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. And I was at this game. This was a game, unfortunately, when Bautista gave up the grand slam against Houston. But that was also the same night that Mateo made a pretty good play in center field. I think he leaped up against the wall, grabbed it, robbed a home run. It was cool. The inning ended. Crowd gets on its feet. Starts giving a standing ovation to Mateo. Now, I don't think he realized at first what was going on, but then when he noticed that we were all giving him a standing ovation, he was just like a little kid, like, oh, have you got excited? He's smiling. He's waving to everybody. And I've heard that. I've heard he's great with the fans. He's always talking to everybody. He's a very nice guy. I think we've known that 
since day one about him. That's why, you know, we root for him to do well. But when he doesn't do well, he, you got to go. But I thought that was cool. I loved it. I, I turned to my buddy and I said, God damn. I said, right there, if the Orioles keep Mateo the rest of the season, I'm okay with it. Because that is what I've always wanted players to do. And they never acknowledge the fans. Ever. And here's Mateo just waving, smiling. He was loving it. Because he knows he's been, he's been getting shit on for months and months. Had one of the best months in baseball in April. I mean, I think he was the best player in baseball at that time with his average OPS, all of it. So when he's running in, he's getting a standing ovation. Yeah, he's going to love it. Hey, woo. he starts smiling at everybody. <laughs> so I must say, it's not because Mateo has won me over with a couple plays he's done in the past couple days. It's because he acknowledged the standing ovation is why I'm okay. <laughs> the Orioles hold on to Mateo. Also in the playoffs, October baseball, if he's a pinch runner late in the innings, shit might happen. And I always said, if I was a pitcher, you know, if I was a pitcher, I think I could have been a pitcher. I just got hurt in high school. <laughs> Everybody who I know who was a pitcher in high school, that's their story. I, I could have, I would have made the majors. I, I just, I hurt my elbow. <laughs> oh, yeah? Throwing your 78 fastball down the middle of the plate, you could have made the majors. Yeah, I hurt my, my arm. Junior year of high school, I hurt my arm, but I think, you know, there's some scouts looking at me. No, those were just your family watching you play baseball. But if I was a pitcher, I would always acknowledge. I'd always, I always said to myself, always, hey, thanks. Give a little wave. Maybe do a little uh, breakdance move. You know, maybe get the crowd cheering even more. Start dancing, moonwalking back to the dugout. Good for you, Mateo. I just wanted to give him props. It's like at a concert when the lead singer acknowledges you. You know, you're waving. If they wave back or the you know lead singer, man, you guys are wild tonight. You're like, oh, my God. The lead singer acknowledged us. It's the same with baseball. Give him a standing ovation. They acknowledge you. You get even more excited. So good job, Mateo. <laughs> job well done. Oh, it's good shit. Anyway, it's great to uh, see Kevin Brown back. Oh, man. And of course, he puts out a tweet. I'm picturing John Angelo standing behind him. That's right. Yep. That's right. Yep. Nope. Delete that. No, I need you to say you're very happy and you have a great relationship with the Orioles. That's right. Yep. Type slow. I need to see what you're doing. So if you didn't see it, Kevin Brown put out a very long tweet explaining how you know, he, he loves the Orioles and he's in it for the long haul, which I was happy to see whether or not that was a bullshit tweet. It made me feel better seeing him text the words, I'm in it for the long haul. But again, that, that may have not even been him. John Angelos may have called him up. Hey, Kevin, we need your uh, Twitter password. We're going to have someone send out a real nice tweet for you. Need your password. Oh, what is it? Angelos is an ass 88. Well, that's great. But it was nice to see Kevin write out a, a long lovey-dovey text about how he loves the Orioles and everything's fine and shiny and sunny. And of course, when all this shit comes out, that's when Bautista gave up the Grand Slam against the Astros and the media and the fans. There it is, karma, and everything's toxic now. And People are texting me, see, if, it, if that didn't happen, Bautista would have been focused. And again, I have to remind everyone that the players don't give a shit about this kind of stuff. They're fine. It's just Bautista had a bad night. 
So finally, it's starting to fizzle away. Every time the Orioles have a bad game, you know, the, the, the 72 hours of that, it was, oh, look, see, look what happened. So finally, that has started to fade away. But yeah, you never want to see Bautista have a bad night like that because he is, he, it feels like he is the only one we can count on. After the deadline of trading, Elias brings on Jack Flaherty. He says, this is the guy that we're bringing on to get the Orioles further in playoff baseball. This is the guy. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Well, his last outing against San Diego pff, was terrible. His outing before that, not, not good. Did you see this? Jack Flaherty, his last outing against San Diego, threw an MLB record 84 pitches in two innings. That's not good. That's not the guy that you want to see start shitting the bed. He, he is the guy. Elias said, this is him. We're bringing him in. A lot of people, including me, I got to say, thought Elias was going to do more. And now it's, it's really starting to sting. Seeing how this guy, Jack Flaherty, not doing well at all. That was a terrible outing. Now, yes, the ump, a couple bad calls. Okay. But that doesn't excuse his entire outing. Three innings pitched, four hits, seven earned runs. Get out of there. He just keeps getting worse and worse. Now, I understand that, look, Jackson Holiday, who should be playing in the Orioles organization right now, the kid's just getting better and better. Fucking asinine how good that kid is playing. Every single day, there is a highlight. And I'm not talking about just Orioles fans. I'm talking MLB Twitter, MLB Network. Every, I mean, there's just tweets all over the place of Jackson Holiday, how well he's been playing lately at the plate, in the field. So I understand that Elias said, nope, he's off the table. But man, did you hold on to your guys too tightly? Because you bring on Fuji, you bring on Jack Flaherty. Fuji, okay, every once every other three outings, he looks okay. Other than that, man, he is shit in the bed. He shit in the bed the other night against San Diego. But calm down, Nate. The Orioles have the second best record in baseball, right? That's <laughs> that we're supposed to do. We're sport fans. <laughs> we're never happy. We always want more. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. It's a vicious cycle. Sport fans are never satisfied. But when you look at the list of pitchers come October, who do you feel comfortable with? Grayson Rodriguez right now is, is the guy. He is the guy. Kyle Bradish, he's the next guy. Those two. Other than that, it's like, ooh, okay, Dean Kramer maybe a little bit. People are going, John Means is coming back. John Means is going to be rusty as hell. Who knows how well he's going to do when he comes back? Nobody knows. After being out that long, shit. Well, two years ago, he looked, I'm sorry, what'd you say? How long? Well, no, two years ago, he looked real good. Did you say two years ago? <laughs> Again, second best record in baseball, date. Settle down. But this is fun to talk about because we're getting closer and closer to the playoffs. Look, the Orioles are two games up against the Rays and the wild card rate battle that that's a one hell of a fight. But as the, the season's going on and these arms are getting tired, we're seeing the bullpen blowing it and the, the, the starters can't go past four innings lately. Some of them, then we get Jack Flaherty and every outing he's had since he's been here, it's getting worse and worse. Yeah, we can start talking concerns. Now, Colton Kowser talking about a concern. Does that concern you? 
He, he's back down in AAA. It does make sense to me. Saw some people, a handful of people really upset. Oh, you gotta, you gotta give him, let, let him figure this out. Well, we're a month away from the playoffs. I don't think Elias and Hyde, this isn't the time to let someone try to figure it out. He's hitting 115 through his first 26 games. That's not going to do you any favors trying to play in the big leagues. That's not a good start, but keep going. And he doesn't look overmatched. He's not swinging through fastballs right down the middle. He's not, you know, three swings and he's out. He's not swinging at sliders like 10 feet out of the zone and he's falling out of his shoes swinging. He doesn't look overmatched. He's definitely putting the wood on the ball, but he's just hitting where they're at. The point is to hit them where they're not. Interesting stat, though, when he plays, they're 19 and 7 when he's playing the outfield. But of course, it wasn't because of his big bat in the lineup. So I think at this time where the Orioles are at, what they're trying to focus on, yeah, I'm, you know, sorry, guy. You're batting 115. This isn't the time to let you figure things out. So he's back down in the tides where earlier this year, last time he was there, he was hitting 330 with a 996 OPS in 56 games. So that's what we're always saying. Triple A in major leagues, night and day. I'm even going to say it about Jackson Holiday, although it seems like if he came up right now, he'd be the best player in all of baseball. But the minors and the majors, completely different universe. I do want to give some props to Mountcastle since he's been back. And I know before he came back, I was talking about how his numbers have been declining. You know, of course, I, you know, do the hope he does well when he comes back. But I point out why I think he might not do well when he comes back. Boy, he shut me up. His 20-game on-base streak, 418 average, four home runs, 13 RBIs, 1.159 OPS. He's killing it. His last, uh, what was the last 26 at-bats, that a 308 average. So he came up, he's like, all right, you know, you guys all want to talk shit about how my numbers have been declining, which, hey, all we're doing is stating a fact, Ryan. That's all we're doing. Maybe that's the key. He needs off a week or two and then bring him back in. So right before the playoffs, let him have a week or two rest. Let him come back. I think uh, Austin Hayes, again, I don't want to talk any more negative here, but my God, brother, figure it out at the plate. Whoo, Jesus. All right, I got to calm down. Negative Nate's getting out of his cage. I got to slow down here. Um, <laughs> settle down. So I want to go over some emails that came in. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Gentleman by the name of Brian wrote in, wanted to talk about being at the game Tuesday night against the Astros. I was talking about, you know, if anyone got kicked out, did anyone uh, see any funny posters, anything like that. So he writes in, he says, hey, Nate, I was also at the game Tuesday against the Astros when Bautista gave up that grand slam. He goes, I have to agree with you. That was one of the longest walks back to my car after that gut-wrenching loss. I didn't even sleep well that night. When I woke up, I was hoping it was all a nightmare. And of course, that had to happen after the Kevin Brown news leaked. You were asking last week if anyone saw people getting kicked out of the stadium for posters or chants. I did hear a bunch of guys, couple. He says I did hear a bunch of guys a couple rows behind me chant "sell the team" during the fourth inning. I then saw ushers walk over to them and say something. I never heard them start the chant again after the usher spoke to them. I did enjoy the free Kevin Brown chants. That was pretty awesome. I'm really excited about playoff baseball this season, but I am a little nervous about the pitching with the Orioles. Not sure how deep they can go in on these teams that they'll be playing 
against in October. Love the podcast. That's from Brian. Brian, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Yeah, I think we're all worried about this pitching. I know it's ironic that the second best record in baseball, like what the fuck are you talking about people? But it's concerning. You know, we're watching the Orioles night after night after night. And we we're starting to see concerns, but anyway, that's funny. A couple guys starting the <laughs> sell the team chant. Yeah. To me, Brian, it sounds like it's exactly what you saw. The usher walked over. It's like, guys, we don't want that or, or whatever. Maybe, maybe people were complaining about them. Who knows? I don't think that was a coincidence. Sell the team. Usher comes over. Shut the fuck up. They don't say another word. Yeah, I did see a couple posters. Free Kevin Brown. I didn't see any posters of sell the team. Angelos, you fat turd. Which, again, I, I mentioned last week that I, I thought I was going to see a ton of them. But, um, you know, di- didn't just saw a bunch of free Kevin Brown uh, signs. And uh, Brian talking about how, how long of a walk that was back to his car after that loss. Yeah, it, it still stings. It's been, what, a couple weeks? <laughs> Every now and then I think about that grand slam that Bautista gave up against Houston. Yeah, that, that stung. And he's right. Of course that had to happen the same day or the next day when the Kevin Brown news comes out. It's fucking asinine. But Brian, appreciate the email. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Here's another one that came in front of the show. His name's David. It says, hey, Nate, uh, so I watched the game on Masson that night, uh, and, and I asked again, I forgot, I asked if, if people who were watching that game, if Masson did turn down the volume once they started the chance. Because like I said, I, I was hearing a little bit from people that they did, but my wife said she could hear it clear as day. So David wrote in, wanted to let me know. He says, so I watched the game on Masson that night. He says, they didn't go dark on audio, but the announcers, whether out of shock or on purpose, went silent for a bit. He says, the Masson broadcast, however, did 100% for a fact lower the stadium audio once the chant took off. You could still hear it, but muffled. Yeah, see, David, he he watched it. He's there. He's talking about it. It looks like the uh, Masson broadcast was like, all right, that's it, enough. I don't want to get fired because you know Angelos is like, all right, who, who's in control over there? Turn down the goddamn volume. Now, David did go on in the email talk about how he got sick and, uh, you know, had 102-degree fever. He actually had to leave the game early. You know, I don't want to <laughs> go into too much detail. Uh, you know, you never know. I, I don't know if that part was just for me or what. But anyway, uh, David had to go home early. He was sick, had a fever. He was all fucked up, it sounds like. Uh, but he did hear the Masson broadcast. The volume did get muffled during the chance because it did happen a couple times. There was three or four times a chance went. Now, the very the first one, like I said, my wife said, oh, it's very clear. Could hear everything. So, David, I appreciate that. Giving me a heads up. Uh, telling me the facts. So, yeah, I guess that, that's true. Masson Broadcast said, nope, enough of this. We don't want this shit. We know what happens when Angelos gets involved. Fuck this. So appreciate the emails. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. I want to know how you feel about the playoffs coming up and the pitching uh, that we have. A little concerning. Again, people pointing out, you got the second best record in baseball. Well, the playoffs are completely Different world, just like AAA into the majors. You know, when October comes around, that's a different beast. Now, I was proud of the Orioles going to Seattle. 
They get stomped first game. You're like, what the fuck? You're like, come on, guys. They're such a good team. Boom, boom. They win back-to-back after getting beat in Seattle. Now, these West Coast games, you need to get some good sleep at least three weeks leading up to the West Coast trip. Because if you're like me, and I'm sure I always laugh about it on here, but I'm sure you say the same thing like I do. Oh, I'm, I'm just going to watch a couple innings and then go to bed. I got to be up early. Quarter one in the morning, you're pacing back and forth. Come on, Bautista. Don't blow it. <laughs> it's a Tuesday night. You got to be up at 7 a.m. for work. And there you are sweating, pacing back and forth at quarter one in the morning <laughs> against the goddamn Mariners. But Friday night, we won't talk about that 9-2 loss. We'll, 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 we can just we can move on. But Bar- Birdland, we, we started panicking. After losing two or three to Houston, then they lose nine to two against Seattle. We're like, oh, here it is. Nope. And we quickly are reminded, no, the Orioles are a better team. But they're a better team than we were giving them credit for. <laughs> we're in mid-August and we're still going, okay, here it is. Here's when they fuck up. And I love it because Saturday night was um was King Felix night for uh, Seattle. Of course, uh, Felix Hernandez. And the Orioles win one to nothing. And, and this is a great stat. The last time a Mariners pitcher went nine innings and lost, Felix Hernandez was on the mound July 26, 2013 versus Minnesota in a three to two loss in 13 innings. Now that's damn funny. You can't make that shit up. And I swear the sport gods, somebody's writing this script because that's damn hilarious. Of course, uh, what was it? Uh, Kirby for the Mariners. Nine innings pitched, three hits, seven Ks. And of course, he's pumping his fist, getting everyone pumped up. <laughs> Being like, hell yeah, let's go in this bottom of the ninth and win it. Nope. Didn't happen. You know, and the Mariners and their broadcast team and their fans are like, fuck you. We have the true King Felix. We've never called Bautista King Felix ever. Like the Mariners broadcast team, they were getting all salty. Yeah, well, uh, you know, let's let's get this out in the open. We have the true King Felix. So let's, uh, what the fuck are you talking about? We've never called Baltista King Felix. We call him the mountain, you shitbag. What are you talking? The Mariners were so goddamn salty. The fans, their broadcast team. Because Baltista came in and just put on a goddamn show that series. That's what was ironic. Let's celebrate King Felix all weekend. Well, we're going to celebrate our Felix. Jackasses, idiots. But I love it. Love it. He goes nine innings. And the last time a Mariner pitcher went nine innings and lost was Felix Hernandez. I love it. That's damn funny. Now, we're always concerned about the uh, Orioles pitching. But I'll give you a stat. That's pretty ironic of how concerning the pitching is. So from 2019 to 2021, the Orioles had 11 shutouts. Now from 2022 to 2023, the Orioles have 22 shutouts. Now, the only way that, as you know, you can get a shutout is having good pitching. So there's that, (laughs) I guess, glass half full conversation right there. Now, Sunday, 36 comeback this season. The Orioles won 5-3. to three. That was the game we're always going to remember as the Cedric Mullins game. Yeah, extremely clever. Let's think of a clever name for that game. I got it. Cedric Mullins game. Holy flying fuck. 
was that amazing what Cedric Mullins did. Are you kidding? He didn't even start that game. Hyde decides to put him in late in the game. So Cedric makes one of the greatest catches in center field this season, maybe in, in Cedric's entire career. Maybe one of the greatest catches robbing a home run pertaining to what the situation was. Oh my God, it was amazing. Bottom of the ninth. It's tied up. And uh, no, it wasn't tied. I'm sorry. It's three to two. Cedric robs a home run. Now you want to talk about roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been that happy and sad that quickly. <laughs> like, like that was like the weirdest feeling because you're celebrating. I'm jumping up, running around the house, celebrating about Cedric Mullins. Just save the fucking game. We got one more out to go. Boom. Mike Ballman gives up a home run to tie it up. So basically, Mike Ballman gave up a back, back-to-back home runs to lose the game. Thank you, Cedric Mullins, for robbing that home run. Holy hell. So now I'm back to being like, son of a bitch. Now I'm running around the house cussing up a storm about, why do we have a pitcher like Mike Ballman? <laughs> oh, man. And then what does Cedric do the, the very next inning? Hits a fucking two-run home run. Now, the, the hit before the foul... What did he do? He hit like a, uh, it was down the right field, hit a foul ball, which would have been a home run. He just missed it. And you always see that. You always see players, they just missed that home run. And you're like, well, that was the one. That was it. And then they, you know, ground out or strike out. Nope. What is that? I think it was two pitches later. Boom. See ya. Unbelievable. Two run home run. And that's all we needed. Bautista came out and did the rest. I'm sorry, it wasn't Bautista, it was Fuji out of all the pitchers. He came in. (laughs) Yeah, he finished it. Oh, man, that was incredible. Cedric Mullins just putting on a show. And, of course, I turn on the MLB network, and, and, you know, for the next 10 minutes, they're talking about Cedric Mullins and the Orioles. I love it. Now, here's an interesting stat. Cedric Mullins became the first player to rob a home run and hit a home run in the ninth inning or later of the of the same game over the last 10 seasons. And he's the only player to win the play of the week four times since the award started in 2019. Cedric Mullins, welcome back to the Orioles. He's <laughs> having a blast. Oh, man. This is fun, folks. I know it's ironic. We're sitting here getting upset about pitching and the bullpen and Mike Elias. You could have done more, which I still agree. Regardless of the record and where they're at, you could have done more. But the Orioles right now, they're, they're still on the West Coast. They're going to play Oakland. And we're all thinking to ourselves, come on, just get a, a quick, quick sweep. Because Toronto's coming in. I hate playing Toronto. They're such a good team. And then you play Colorado. I'm going to be at that game, I think, Saturday. I think that's the uh, Felix Bobblehead giveaway. So you've got Oakland, Toronto, then Colorado. Those are three series. Come on, Orioles. You could, you could start stacking up the wins there. Oh, man, this is fun. This is fun. The Orioles right now, two games ahead of the Rays. First place, second best record in baseball. Things are looking good. Just hope the pitching continues to figure it out, work it out, not shit the bed. This is not the time to shit the bed. (laughs) Anyway, want to know what's on your mind? Fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Till next time, see ya.